and welcome back to the Salty Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Kinsley, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, my sexy wife, Stacy Kinsley. Today is a very, very special episode as we're going to continue talking about the amazing book for women only. And we're going to be talking about the next chapter, which is called The Imposter Complex, The Performance of a Lifetime. And we're going to dive into the inner lives of men. And hopefully you get something out of it. Hopefully you can laugh a little bit. Hopefully you don't cry at all, but hopefully you learn something from what we've been through, from our take on this, and you can improve your relationships in some way, shape, or form. Thank you so much for joining us. And here we go. Let's dive in. I feel like I'm giggling here with you going, let's dive in. I'm like, oh, that's what she said. She did say that. (laughs) Are you flirting with me? (laughs) We're getting started. uh, We're starting right off on the right foot here. Heck yeah. All right. We're talking about imposter complex or... I've heard it called imposter syndrome, I think, before. Either way, there's an imposter feeling feeling behind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us what imposter syndrome or imposter complex is as a man? I think the basic idea is feeling like you're not capable of something that everyone else thinks you are or being someone or, or not being the person other people think you are. I think that kind of sums it up, at least from my perspective. So you think I'm a great husband. This might be an example. But inside, I'm like, I don't know if I'm good at this or I don't think I'm good at this. That sort of basic idea, but really can be applied all over. Yeah. Well, they found in the book, 76% of men said that they are not always as confident as they look. So it sounds like it's something where they feel like they're imposters and are insecure that their inadequacies are going to be discovered. I think it starts at a pretty young age, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think just as we're talking, like, probably at that age where a male starts to try to figure out who he is, or really anyone, so in that almost like that pubescent age, middle school, early high school, like, you're trying to figure out who you are and how you fit in, and you don't because <laughs> you're a middle school boy. I guess maybe a few, maybe. I remember pretty young, probably early high school or maybe maybe a, maybe middle school, somebody suggesting like, it's all like fake it till you make it. And I think that's when you started to see like uh, guys who were becoming cocky versus guys who maybe were confident, which seemed very few and far between, or guys that were just super insecure. And I think it kind of starts there. This insecurity started to kind of rear its head. And as, as we've talked about in other episodes, like as guys, we don't know what's We don't know what's going on. We don't talk about it. I know for me, I didn't have anyone really like coaching me through those thoughts or feelings at all or mentioning that I may be feeling them. And as a guy, you don't talk about it. So I think it is something that starts pretty early. Because guys want to know, like, how do I measure up? Right. Women ask, am I lovable? Right. Mm -hmm. But men want to know, do I measure up? Mm -hmm. And so I think they're always comparing your guys, comparing each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Actually, I think it's less comparing each other, maybe, and more. I think it's more comparing who you think you are to what you think people want you to be or expect you to be or think you are. So it's almost comparing yourself to something that maybe doesn't even exist. Ooh. And I think that starts at a young age, too. Wow. This is a therapy session, apparently. (laughs) I think that starts. We've talked also about a mom and her son. And I think that starts 
potentially with that relationship too, or maybe even a father and his son at some point as a young kid kind of feeling like, am I really as good as they say I am or as capable as people think that I am? And that I think I really do thinking just for myself, it goes way back really pretty early. And I think that carries over uh, certainly into relationships and then into marriage. As we've talked about, a wife kind of takes the mother's role a little bit. And I think this applies here too. Yeah. Can you think of a time then either in your childhood or as an adult where you were like given a task or job, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. I have no earthly idea how to do this. And I hope I can learn and figure it out quick before they find out that I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I can think of many examples of that. I mean, truly, I could probably think of something from the last week where I felt that way. And and certainly am very familiar with that feeling. I would almost suggest that I enjoy it. There's almost something great about, or not great, but there's something almost enjoyable about that feeling of having to figure out how to be or how to be that person that can do that or how to accomplish that thing. Well, that's interesting that you say that too, though, because from what I understood from the book, the doubt that most men experience in their ability to pull things off also has an interesting partner, right? So you have doubt on one side, mm-hmm. but then on this other side, you have a really deep desire to take on something new and exciting. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very total polar opposites yeah. that are that's an, it's pulling a you towards one dichotomy thing. of of fear and exhilaration. I mean, I guess in some ways, like you think about guys who hunt um, or partake in even sports or competitions or dating, (laughs) any of those things have that sort of... A date for sport. Well, they all sort of have that same complexity of fear of failure and exhilaration in that fear. And then the victory that is, I think more so for a guy than a woman, I think, is exhilarating. And like to actually conquer something that at some point you didn't think you were capable of doing or you didn't know how to do. So I can think of just off the top of my head, an example at home, like figuring out how to run wires through the wall and mount a TV where there's no wires hanging out. Like started out having absolutely no clue how you do that, figured it out. And when I actually got it done, even though it was a somewhat painful process physically and emotionally, there were moments where I wanted to burn the whole house down. But when you succeed and you've learned that skill and you can step back and look at it and say, that looks awesome. That's a really fantastic feeling for a guy. I don't know. Does a woman, do you get that much emotional feedback from something like that? Like accomplishing an actual, like a physical task or something that maybe you didn't know you knew how to do or didn't know how to do when you started. I feel like is that really a more of a guy characteristic? It's probably more of a guy characteristic, I think. I would guess that too, but I don't know. I mean, there's definitely, I can think of things in life from like, you know, I try it for the first time and I can accomplish it. And especially if you do well, Mm -hmm. it's exciting. feels good. You know, but maybe we don't have like that imposter complex to begin with, though. Yeah. And so it just kind of puts it on a different Yeah, it's not as level. foundational, I think right. was the word that it's we like, used at the beginning of this. Right. Like there's no hidden, you're like, hey, I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to learn, you know, and we just kind of put it out there. Yeah. And as a guy, it's the opposite. We're like, yeah, I know how to do that. Like I would never, 
As I get older, I've learned the value in being able to admit that I don't know how to do something. I think there's actually there's some power in that, especially as a guy, because it's not expected of you. So if your boss, I mean, I've had an example where my boss was like, hey, do this. And I literally was like, I don't even know the word you just said. Googled it was like, yep, now I know what the word means. Still don't know what that is or how to do it. <laughs> and at some point, I mean, I I faked it and faked it and faked it. In some ways, I got kind of put up against the wall, but I did basically just sit down with my boss and I was like, listen, I don't know how to do this. And it was interesting how sort of proud he was that I was able to acknowledge that. And so I think there's power in that as well. But either way, I do think it's it's a very foundational feeling and not something we're, we want to be open about generally. Like we want people to think we're capable of it. And so we fake it and generally aren't going to be like, Oh, I don't know how to do that, but I'll learn. Help me learn. Like guys just don't naturally react that way to something. We want to be like, Oh, of course I know how to do that. And then they don't. <laughs> oh, this makes me think of this funny, I guess, post I saw on Facebook the other day, a wife who posted on this Omaha wife page or whatever. Oh, you're calling them out. Not naming names here. She was so my husband two weeks ago tried to put in a new garbage disposal. <laughs> Wait, is this a story about us? No. And you're just pretending it's a Facebook post? <laughs> this is not our story. Oh, okay. And we I did might, not post this. We may or may not have a garbage disposal. We do story. have a garbage disposal. Carry story. on. But anyway, so she posts, Hey, hey ladies, my husband installed a new garbage disposal about two weeks ago. But our sink has been leaking ever since, which pretty much means okay. that my sink is unusable right now. Oof. And it's been two weeks. And he's still trying, but he can't <laughs> oh, get it. She's like, I need a plumber. Like, oh, I can't. Man. She's like, this is not good for my marriage <laughs> to sit here and wait for him to figure out to how to figure fix it this. out. Mm. <laughs> so it just triggered. I thought that was really funny. That's funny. Wouldn't it be awesome to like follow up? Oh, be, I could because I actually know who posted oh, it. No. We're friends with oh, them. Oh, boy. <laughs> I want names, but we'll have to wait. Uh, we should follow up. It'd we be should. really interesting. Um, I would be interested in both perspectives. Like, what was his perspective? It'd be interesting if he was just like, I was waiting for her to tell me to call a plumber because I had no idea what was going on. Because I could see myself in that scenario. Or was he like, dang it, I wanted to figure this out and you know, prove myself. And she, she went, went and called a freaking plumber. plumber. That's a very good example. Without knowing them, I truly don't know who it is yet. Saying you know how to do something and sort of like, I'm going to figure this out. And even when you fail, it's hard to just be like, I don't know how to fix it. And it's really frustrating. Like that's when dudes get pissed and just yeah. like break the whole sink. And well, like, then we the need wives, a new sink. The wives get pissed too because they're like, okay, how long do I give you to yeah. figure this out? I need yeah. my kitchen sink back. Yeah. And at some point, the dude just is like, well, we're remodeling the kitchen. Burn it down. Hire a remodeler. We're need, we need a whole new kitchen. But you guys, you guys can use that fear of failure, though, also for good, right? And turn that kind of in a, into a motivator to learn a new skill or task or whatever. It may Very be. much so, yeah. I've actually, we've kind of talked about this. I will take a risk to create fear of failure because I know that's going to motivate me to succeed. Maybe purchasing something. You know, I'm going to buy this thing in hopes that it makes me enough money to pay it off and and it's an investment. So it's a risk that has some of that fear of like, I don't know if I can pull this off, but then creating the fear of failure and like I ha- now I have to. I have to figure out a way. Create some motivation. So yeah. 
For sure. So we kind of touched on, I feel like a lot of this imposter syndrome in the workplace, right? Yeah. But it doesn't stay there. It's at home, right? So sometimes guys can feel just as inadequate at home. It sounds like men judge themselves based on the happiness and respect of their wives. Yes. And the imposter syndrome carries over in the sense, am I really that, am I, am I a good husband? Am I good enough for my wife? Am I good enough for my kids? And I think the reaction we get from our wife or our kids at some point, it begins to be harder to know who you are. Oh, how do I put this? If my wife was constantly making me feel like or was telling me that I'm not good, I'm not good enough, I'm not a good husband, whatever that is, it's really easy to believe that when you're already unsure if you're good enough. Does that make sense? Yes. It's already very like fragile. And so... I think as a wife, you're able to speak into that and create one or the other. I think as a wife, you're able to create a good husband or a bad husband in some ways. If you want your husband to be a better husband, telling him he's not a good husband is probably not going to get you there. You just said a whole lot of stuff. Sorry. I'll stop saying stuff. <laughs> you say some stuff. <laughs> okay. So we I feel like you're kind of getting into like, what do us, what do, I, what do us wives do then? Ooh, did I jump ahead? A little bit. Sorry. But that's okay. Do we need to go back? Uh, No. Okay. I think we're all right. Okay. We're just going to wing it. Winging it. That's what we do anyway. We always wing it. So affirmation. Mm-hmm. That's what a wife can do to her for her husband is affirm him. Mm. So when a man's affirmed, they can, that man feels like he can go out and like conquer the world. Yeah. And when he's not, he is sapped of his confidence and even his feelings of manhood. Yeah. I feel like that's very strong. Um, and, and entirely accurate, I think. But then also men will consciously or maybe even unconsciously seek out places where you do receive affirmation. Yeah. I can't say that I've experienced that because I truly, and I'm not just saying this, but I truly have never felt that I wasn't getting respect or affirmation from you ever. I've never felt that way. We've had moments. Not to the point where general, I was seeking it like, out elsewhere. Right. I mean, in, in way, general. I think. In my life or within no, our marriage? No, I'm saying within our marriage in general, I think like because of this book, like I've learned how to do that pretty well. Oh, sure. But we've had moments where I failed at that. Yeah. Like I'm not perfect. Is what I'm well, saying. of course. But I've never in general felt that I wasn't, that you wouldn't do something for me if I told you that I needed it. And it's never been anything that's been long enough that's been like, gosh, I don't want to be at home. I want to be at work where people respect me. I've never really felt that, but I know that feeling enough that I know it's I know it's accurate to to want to seek out a place where you feel affirmed and respected. So if you if if you're killing it at work and your boss is always like, "Dang, man, you were the best sales guy," or you brought us a bunch of new clients or you're really killing it or you're doing a great job, and maybe you have other coworkers that are that way and maybe there's even women who are like, man, I look, I look up to this guy and they flirt and whatever. And then you go home and your wife's like, you're such a crappy dad, such a crappy husband. You're never around, blah, blah, blah. And there's no affirmation. There's, there's, well, it's whatever the opposite of affirmation is or affirming negative characteristics about your husband, telling him over and over he's not a good husband. And when he's already like, gosh, I, I know I'm not a good husband, but someone's telling me that I am good somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I'd rather be around that than around the person telling me I'm not good enough for them. Yeah. It very much goes both ways. You're going to 
I don't know. You're, you're definitely going to seek out those feelings of respect and, and somewhere. And I think that your wife can, like I was saying, can really affirm you and create more of what she wants. If you want a good husband, tell him he's a good husband. That's going to make him more motivated to continue to do the good things. Right. So, if I'm, so, I mean, as a man, if you feel like you're already bluffing, right, you have this imposter syndrome. Right. Um, through even through being a husband and or father, but your wife feels loved and she's happy and she's publicly affirming you and your abilities, like then you're kind of like, oh, okay, sweet. Like I'm, I've got this, Yes, you know, and things are good. But then on the flip side, you can imagine how you'd feel if um, I gave you the cold shoulder confirming you got it wrong again, and then it would cause you to withdraw from taking an active role mm. in the lives of you know, with me as your wife and yeah. your kids, yep. right? Because you feel like you just can't do it well and you're not being affirmed in it. So then you just kind of withdraw and yeah. why even try? I yeah. can't do anything right anymore. And it can even be little things too. Like let's say I ask you to load the dishwasher mm-hmm. and you do it a different way than I do because yep. we load it differently. Yeah. You load it the right way and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I care I to, zero how you know, it's loaded. <laughs> if I if you if I ask you to load the dishwasher and you do it, but then I go back and redo it, it's like what's the point? Yeah, you're just gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good example of this because that's more Or if I told you, hey, you're not doing there that it is. right. That's about, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one is just lazy and inefficient. <laughs> like I think if you were to say, You you dummy. That's not how you do it or whatever. Right. Or the bowls need to go lined up here and you're putting them over here and it's not going to whatever. Yeah. Like, but Probably if I started to correct you it. and, you know, like put you down for not doing it well and criticize you, then you'd be like, okay, then I'm just not going to do it anymore. So it could even be little things like that. Do you remember before we were married? I don't know. I have no idea what the actual scenario was, but do you remember me telling you at some point, you can't be my boss and my girlfriend. You have to pick one. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? I do. Like, if you want to be my girlfriend and you can't be my boss, that you literally cannot be both. And I think for me, I just knew I wasn't going to be in a relationship with a woman who bossed me around. I just wasn't. And I was a jerk enough to just tell you that. Or direct enough. Sure. <laughs> direct enough. And I think that's true. I didn't marry you to get bossed around around in my own house. I married you to be my partner and my lover and my best friend. Yeah. And I will say, I don't think... I can't think of a particular scenario, maybe in that moment. I don't remember why I said that, but I can't think of a time since then that I've ever felt like you were bossing me around. Maybe jokingly or whatever, but I don't think there's ever been a time where I felt like you were bossy. Yeah. To me. Well, I think we've learned in our communication, if one of us needs something, it's, hey, do you mind doing this for me? Can you help me out with this? Rather than just saying, hey, go do this or, you know, kind of being... Yeah. More bossy about it or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I'll be like, no, you're not my boss. I think I do. I do tell our kids sometimes. I'm like, mom's not my boss. <laughs> I've said that to yeah. our kids a few times. <laughs> She's yours. She ain't mine. Yep. I can do what I want. But because we love each other, I think that works. There has to be a good. There's a respect to have, there. Yeah. And I think you just have to have a pretty healthy relationship to be able to get through stuff without feeling like you have to tell your partner to do something. Yeah. And even if we're going to make plans, you know, like separately or something, it's, we don't, we don't even, Hey, am I allowed to like go with my friends? 
Yeah. You know, it's, Hey, I'm going to go out with my friends. Does that work with our schedule? Do we have anything going out, you know, or whatever? Like we just kind of make sure it works, Yeah, but it's not necessarily a, can I please have your permission to go out with my friends tonight? Yeah. If you didn't learn anything listening to the Salty Marriage podcast today, learn this from Stacy and I. Get a calendar. Put stuff on the calendar. <laughs> we will literally, like Stacy will say something like, oh, I have mom's night out tonight or whatever. And I'll be like, not on the calendar. You don't get to go. And vice versa. Jokingly general. Like usually we figure out a way to do it or whatever. Or and I'm like, check the calendar because it is on there. Yeah. In the wrong calendar or something. Um, but that has really been a really good tool for us. I think having a calendar, we, we, we have a calendar we share, um, that's on our phone. And so Stacy can pop something in there and I can go, okay, I need to plan to be home that evening or to be able to run the kids around that evening or whatever it is. Like now I'm planning for it. And instead of just last minute, like, oh yeah, I'm going out with my friends tonight. Bye. You know, uh, it helps us plan. I think that's been really good for us. Yeah, it and then works. the other thing you mentioned was asking. And I think that's really important too. Like, hey, I we have this thing tonight or my friends have, are going to do this thing tonight. Can I go? Is that okay? Does it work with you? As opposed to like, bye, I'm taking off. Yeah. And it's not even like, am I allowed to go out with my friends? Like, that's not what we're asking each other. Right. It's more of just scheduling wise. Does, does it work? work? Yeah. You know. And, you know, the other advice I would give to everybody out there is have a 13 year old that can watch your babies. That's really awesome. Oh, we're both happen to have something tonight. Stella, you're watching the kids. That's work out pretty well. Yeah, that would be my second greatest advice. Anyway, to kind of get back on track, home is the most important place for a husband to be affirmed. Ladies, we don't need our husbands to be, I mean, we want them to be affirmed at work, but like sure. we want them to be affirmed by us in our home. Like that should be the most important place yeah. for affirmations to happen. And it grow it just grows from there. Yeah. You're if that's your man's foundation, the home, you, and it's a good foundation that's just going to grow elsewhere to include being more successful at work. Yes, because if a man knows that the one person who knows him better than anyone, right, aka his wife, if she believes in him, he is empowered to do better in every area yeah. of his life. Yep. We just need to also, as wives, like let home also be a safe place where they can kind of let their guard down a little bit. Yeah. You know, and they should be able to make some mistakes kind of in peace. Yeah. Um, I know there are times where we've, we've joked about this, but it's like, I don't need you to tell me I did that wrong. I'm very well aware. I just made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. don't need you to point it out. Another amazing way that us wives can mm. affirm our husbands. Dun, da, da, da. The best way, maybe. Sex. Uh, at least the most fun way. That is the most fun way. It's true. But a guy can have a horrible day, but if if his wife wants him physically and affirms him in bed, he can handle the rest of the world no problem again. Yeah. It it yeah. And it's not just offering up sex. It's like truly desiring to be with your husband. I think, you know what I mean? It's not just an act. Yeah, it's not a chore. It's not a chore. If you act like, okay, like, I know you had a rough day. Do you want some? It's more than that. Like, to feel wanted and desired and like you, even though you feel like you lost the battle all day long at work or whatever it was, you come home and your wife's like, uh-uh, you're going to win everything, including me. 
<laughs> uh, conquer that crack. <laughs> we got to go full circle. Uh, speaking of circles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but it's true. Like it's got, it's more than just an act. It's, it's, it's feeling it's that affirmation. Like you said that you are doing good at home and you're still loved and wanted and desired by your wife. Sex. Are we ending on that? I think we're ending on sex. It's a good note to end on. On that note, uh, we are going to take off. We're going to turn off the podcast microphones so I can get some affirmation from my wife. (laughs) She's giggling. (laughs) She's giggling. Uh, We hope you learned something. We hope you had fun hanging out with us. Uh, We hope that you have wonderful, incredible relationships, uh, whether you're married, dating, um, trying to date. We hope you get something out of the Salty Marriage Podcast. Little plug, we did just launch our website, www.thesaltymarriage.com. You can see all of our episodes there, some blogs that Stacy and I have written and will continue to write. And we're hoping to kind of grow that website. So take a look at that. We would love that. And we are, as usual, just floored that anybody listens. So thank you to everybody who's listening, to all the people who have come up to us and said they listened and have enjoyed the podcast. We can't believe you're listening and we can't believe you enjoy it. And we've loved doing it. So we're going to keep doing it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on episode five of the Salty Marriage Podcast. And we can't wait to see you next week. 